Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 83. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We have a special week this week. It's game week of sorts for the Golden Gopher volleyball team. Ranked number seven in the preseason poll with new head coach Keegan Cook. Minnesota opens the season this Friday with an exhibition home match against the Northern Iowa Panthers. It's at Maturi Pavilion. It's free to attend. That kicks off a rather ambitious non-conference slate, which rolls into a high-octane Big Ten schedule that should be a blast to watch. This is Keegan Cook's second visit here on the Go Gopher podcast. You're going to love it. Stick around. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Alumni owned. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Hey, make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union is also a chief sponsor of the Go Gopher podcast. Affinity Plus is your local credit union throughout the entire state of Minnesota. You can find out more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union has one of the top-ranked mobile apps as well, so check that out. And I'm thrilled that our podcast is doing so well thanks to all the great loyal listeners like you. Because of that, we got a few new sponsors jumping on board. The Go Gopher podcast is now sponsored by Head Flyer Brewing, located in northeast Minneapolis right next door to campus. A great vibe, great craft beer, and much more. We're going to have a live show with them in October there. More news on that to come. If you haven't been to Head Flyer Brewing, please make it a point to do so. Another new sponsor is Caldera Lab, great skincare products for men. I'm right at that age to start worrying about aging and the great research and top-tier ingredients to help make your face and neck area look younger and feel softer are just the ticket. And because they love the Gophers, any Go Gopher podcast listener joining me in ordering will get a 20% off discount by using the code word GOLD, G-O-L-D. Find out more at calderalab.com and I'll talk more more about their great products later this episode. And again, because of that success and we've grown as a podcast, it's my pleasure this week to welcome another new and loyal Golden Gopher sponsor to the Go Gopher podcast. Our great friends at Cub have jumped on board. They're supporting the podcast. They're supporting the Gophers, and they continue to help make this a free podcast to listen to with no subscription cost or fees. Cub has been a longtime supporter of Gopher sports and is the official grocer of the Golden Gophers. Again, I can't speak highly enough of Cub and their great support, and we're glad to talk about great people. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at ChamplinInsurance.com. Tony is a big-time Gopher fan, and we're podcasting episode 83 from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to do so. You can listen for free at any time and listen to past podcasts as well. Last episode, for example, we spoke with Gopher women basketball star Mara Braun about her busy schedule playing international basketball for Team USA this summer and now traveling with the entire Gopher team to Greece and Croatia for a three-game exhibition season during an overseas trip. Go back and listen if you haven't. She has a great story to tell. It's part of a double dip this week, two podcasts. This episode, we're talking Golden Gopher Volleyball with new head coach Keegan Cook. Episode number 83 continues with him next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utech, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. It's episode 83, and it is game week of sorts for the Golden Gopher volleyball team. It's our pleasure to welcome first-year head coach Keegan Cook back to the podcast. Coach, good to see you. Good to see you after a few months. Yeah, so I do have to say this. I don't know if you're aware of it. So this is episode 83, so we've been doing these podcasts now for well over a year. The podcast you were on is our number one most listened to podcast. Wow. 
Yeah. <laughs> so you're a popular guy. You're a popular uh, guy. This, it's a community that loves this sport. Yeah. I know that. Loves this program. And, and uh, more evidence of that. Sure. So I don't want to put a lot of pressure on, but I'm expecting similar results here this week, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. I'm very up good. for it. <laughs> well, um, it is game week of sorts. You you have, as we record here on Tuesday, you have a, uh, I guess it would be called an exhibition match on Friday, Northern Iowa and NCAA team nearly every year. They've got a, a long storied program. Uh, they come to town, should be a nice test to open. And then you get into the real stuff with TCU and Texas and Baylor and Oregon and Stanford. And um, uh, it's it's been uh, a, a similar uh, f- refrain for years. It's just been a tough non-conference. But I, I want to ask you specifically in terms of, uh, before we get into those specifics of matches, you get hired in December. Now we're eight months. It is kind of a game week. Certainly next week will be a game week. What? Um, how has it gone? I mean, just in general, for eight months here as you're settling in with all the things you were hoping to accomplish before this week. Yeah, uh, they say that the days are long and the years are short. I think uh, <laughs> uh, the, how I've been thinking about my toddler lately. But uh, it, it just feels like it's been three years, honestly. Sometimes the first six, ten months uh, when you take over a program can feel like that. Just how much you've done uh, in such a short period of time, you look back and you can barely recognize uh, where you were. So a little bit of surrealness that we're here, that we're about to play a match in the path, um, but certainly a lot of gratitude for the work that's been done by, by players and staff. When you took the job, uh, what were some things that you figured you needed to have happen to get to the point now where you're ready for this to, to put a team on the court that, that you felt good about? Yeah, the, the order, and you've heard me say this a lot, was, was people values volleyball in that order. And uh, people was a big deal. We had to fill some spots in the roster. We had to find a staff. I can distinctly remember being in the graduate hotel in the middle of a blizzard by myself <laughs> with no staff members hired yet thinking, oh, boy, what have I done? <laughs> and then I got to work. But, uh, yeah, so we, we, we solved the people problem. We, we've had, you know, four new athletes join us. You know, um, the number of players, you know, between – both kids we've signed and verbal commitments, I think, is up to, to eight or nine. So a lot of work in that front and the people front. And uh, and then it was values through the spring, values through the start of this camp. And now just finally are we really starting to play the kind of volleyball that we want to play. And you you went through that the the previous visit. You've done it in, in other appearances at different points. But those values just kind of give us the Cliff Notes version of what you uh, put in terms of expectations on your players and then just as a program, those values that you want to, uh, you know, hang your hat on, so to speak. The two that we find ourselves talking about the most, and these are program values, I think program values come from a coach and a coaching staff. There's also team values, which we've started this week. What does this unique group of 15 people want to be held to? So we've started that process. But program values, things I was passionate about, compound interest is one. We think there's value. It's the most powerful force in the world, whether it's in retirement or, or in life, just small daily habits that start to snowball and work in your favor. So, so we've talked about that with the athletes, small thoughts, small actions that you do day after day that really direct your life. And then maybe one that would surprise people, just this idea of conflict agility. You know, how quickly can can difficult moments pass through our program and get solved, and then we're on to the next one. And so those are probably the two values we spend the most time talking about beyond maybe growth. Growth is the currency of our program. No matter where you're at when you enter, how much progress have you made over a period of time? Those three, I think, are where we find ourselves most of the time. How do you measure um, what you see then in terms of where, okay, we're on track or, oh, we need to, I don't know what the word is, clamp down or uh, we need to emphasize this or how do you make sure that the, the train's going the, the right way? Yeah, from a, I mean, from a performance standpoint, volleyball is, is a highly measured uh, analytical sport. Yeah. So we're getting information every day. Every contact is, is statted and analyzed by a technical coordinator and, and we're able to share that with athletes and say, all right, here's where we're at. Here's the next standard. Here's where the best teams are. So, so from a volleyball standpoint, constantly being data-driven. Uh, I think from a, uh, from a value standpoint, it's just in these little moments, you have to pay really close attention. You know, did a piece of difficult news make it to you in one day or did it take three? You know, you're, you're getting these little benchmarks of, all right, uh, a player performed at a certain level on one day, did she do it again the next day? So those kind of really I don't know, nuanced observations that the coaching staff's making. How has fall camp been? When did that start? What about is it about a two-week stretch here that you're, you're in the middle of now? Yeah, I think we've had six afternoons and maybe four mornings, so so ten total sessions here. And um, 
yeah, gotten a lot, gotten a lot done, and the list remains long for what we need to get done. But um, you know, we've attacked it from from the beginning of the rally to the end, is what we say. So we've got to get the ball across the net once, and then we got to get it back. <laughs> and uh, that's how we've kind of chosen to organize things. So our side out and our serving and uh, and our out of system play, those three things have been our primary focus here. And in in relation to fall camp, I know you had the spring, you had the Hawaii trip, so there was chances to to team build. You had two transfers then that come in. Um, responsiveness now, where okay, it's getting close. How how has that been from the players in terms of for some of them, it's a new coach, it's a new staff, it's a new style, maybe it's a different approach. There's probably certainly things that are similar, but I would guess things that are different too. How how, how would you rate the the responsiveness of the players? Yeah, I, I met with them yesterday on this actually, and, and I gave them a lot of credit for their willingness to be coached, even when things feel new or the pace is faster than they're used to. Not once have I felt resistance to be coached in terms of getting feedback. And and that's a huge deal. And so we spent a portion of yesterday talking about the principles behind our teaching. Why is practice at the pace that it is? Why are we team mixing so much? Why do the activities look the way they do? Try and pull back the curtain a little bit and give them a why behind the what. And, and that seemed to, to help them a little bit. Yeah. And because obviously every coach has uh, his or her own uh, style. We see this in, in all sports where if it's a, if it's a new coach, it doesn't mean maybe it doesn't mean one style is better than the other, but Keegan Cook has his style. So it's obviously going to be different than whoever was a previous coach, whether it's Hugh McCutcheon who had success or Mike Hebert, who was successful before him and on down the line. Um, so how would you say uh, maybe from the feedback that, that it is different for them? Uh, you mentioned faster pace maybe. Yeah, probably the tempo, you know, is, is a little faster. And, and what I told him yesterday, I said, I'm sorry that we have the people in the room that are in the room. It demands a certain level of urgency. We're not going from 14th to 12th and 12th to 10th and 10th to 8th where we have three years to kind of get things in place. I'm sorry you are who you are, that your talent <laughs> and your skill demands that we get to work quickly. And and, uh, and I think I spe specifically said that to Kylie Murr. I get four months with you. I'm going to go as fast as I can before you leave us. And um, and so I think that helped to just give them a little perspective as to, as to why maybe things are moving as quickly as they are. When you say that part of it, because I think people generally have, have W as a, as a player's coach who has great relationships with players. How do you, how do you walk that tightrope of demanding and maybe, like you say, delivering bad news, but also staying tight within that relationship and making sure that players understand what the what the focus is and why you're doing stuff. Yeah, that's tough. How much structure? I think about how much structure do they need? You know, if you give them no structure, it gets pretty loose pretty quick. And if, if you hold on to too tight and you try and maintain too much control, I think people have a natural you know, aversion to that and, and then they push back a little bit. So I don't know, I try and give myself the analogy of you're holding a baby bird and how hard are you gripping it? You know, if, there's, if you're not holding it at all, it's going to fall out of your hands. And if you're gripping it too tight, that's not going to work out either. So that's the art of it. You, you push at times and you pull back at times and, and make sure that you have enough structure for growth, but, but leave some room for the magic, hopefully. When you um, uh, registered that sense of urgency here that, hey, this is a team that can compete, what um, do, you, do you guys talk about goals? Do you say, hey, yes, we want to hang a banner? Or do you say, just give me what you got today and make it the best day? Because I know coaches have different philosophies on, on how you approach goals. We, we talk about it first and we talk about it once. I think it, it's the first slide they see in our opening presentation. We're here to win the first national championship at the University of Minnesota. And that's probably the last time we're going to mention it because it's not going to get us any closer. You know, there's lots of studies that say the more you talk about your goals, the more you think you've actually accomplished them when you haven't. And uh, and so, yeah, that, that's that's our take on it. All right. So the you've got this group, you've got exhibition play. How do you handle ex an exhibition game? Obviously, I mean, this Northern Iowa team has always had, I mean, they've been a, a, a good bona fide program for a while. So um, wins and losses don't matter, but you don't also probably want to go in there and stub your toe right off the bat either. Yeah, you want to learn something about your team in that moment. So you can expect some mixed lineups. You can expect, um, you know, some, some different systems at place, some plan B, some moments where there's a substitution for a specific play. You want to learn as much as you can and, and you want to compete and win. And, and so how do you balance those two things? Because uh, the players don't just want to go out there and, and bump it around. They, they want to go out there and, and make a point. So 
that's what we're working through here in these next two days. You've got the match Friday, the exhibition match. That's a free match. Fans can come and watch. I'm sure a lot of people will take advantage of that. And then the schedule kicks in for good. Uh, that schedule, I think it's, uh, let me look here, August the 25th, TCU home, 7 o'clock, Baylor, Texas. That's the Big 12, Big 10 challenge um, uh, with TCU a part of that as well. Um, so it's 25th, 26th, 29th. Um, then on to Florida Road, Oregon in Palo Alto, then Stanford there uh, includes Creighton in that non-conference a match against High Point, uh, and then you get into the, the tough Big Ten play. Um, how do you uh, – is there a ramping up period then, or was that yesterday when you said uh, to the team that, uh, it's, that there's some urgency here? Uh, there's certainly no ramping up with this schedule, I don't think, and that's okay. The, what we said is will we know what it takes to win a championship by the end of September? And the answer is going to be yes with the way that this schedule has been put together. And, um, yeah, you, you don't want to be surprised. You don't want to be surprised when you show up in December in that second weekend and, and you face somebody who, who's equally talented as you, who has the same aspirations as you. So that that's uh, – we've been pretty – Pretty open about that with the team. You've mentioned mixed uh, lineups here a couple of times, so I'm curious. And you know, maybe you don't want to share a whole lot. If who knows who's listening and you know scouting and all of that. But when you have a roster that's talented and deep, I mean, there's everyone on the roster. They've come here, they want to play. You get to play six at a time. Do you do you foresee that there'll be mixed things for the like? Ideally, as a coach, would you like to play eight or nine, ten, six? 15? Yeah. I mean, how, how do you see that? Do, do you think you'll get into a normal rotation at some point? At some point, you'd, you'd like to think that, but but you better have some some plan B and plan C for, for specific moments. You know, um, the great thing about having the roster that we have is there's depth. Each of the players are different from each other, so they offer a different uh, strength, which we can use as needed. Um, but just, I mean, talk about those first three matches in five days. I mean, the idea that you would play all the same players for those three matches in five days, just you, you don't understand the physicality of the game. If that's the case, we, we need to make sure we utilize our, our talent really smart in those first three matches. There's also, I'll use football as, a, as an example. In football, um, sometimes there's a, a game or two in a non-conference game, let's say, that you know, you're going to, in a, in a Big Ten program, um, say you're up, you can play some guys, get them experience, and the idea would be you're developing. They're probably not going to help you much this year, but they're going to get some some action in a game, and the next year they might be the starter at defensive end or at quarterback or what have you. Um, can volleyball do that much, especially with a schedule like this in the in the non-conference? Because you certainly probably have some young players who might not play that much, but next year might. Yeah, probably not with this non-conference. You know, you're looking for specific moments. There's times where you can build a lead, you can be down big, where you give someone an opportunity, and the question is, are they ready or not when that opportunity comes? Um, but yeah, this specific preseason schedule is, is not meant so much to, to tinker around. Yeah. Uh, you know, the risk is, is higher there if you do that. Um, the we mentioned this tough schedule, and the Big Ten kicks in in September. It's not that long, right? Iowa on the twenty first in Iowa City, the twenty first of September. Um, we were talking off the air about uh, how football has all these advanced and that analyst and everything, and part of their summer job was to go in and break down film of the of the opponents for the team so that they have a head start when the season starts. Have you, are you able to do that, or do you care much in terms of, all right, here are the Big Ten teams. We know we're going to play them. Did you spend, or your staff, or somebody on staff spend time, or is it like, you know, we're going to wait till a week or the game of, uh, I suppose with roster turnover it's hard too, but yeah. how, how, how did that advancement work, so yeah, to speak? Yeah, more than ever with the way rosters are changing, specifically in the Big Ten, you got to be careful about not being inefficient with your time. So the preseason gives you a good opportunity to, to see where people are at and, and learn the stories of their teams. Some of these teams have major impact transfers that will change the whole look of their team. So maybe there's a few core concepts that you're trying to, you know, rely on, specifically if it's a coach who's been there a while. But largely, you know, those first four weeks are, are where we start that scouting. Um, eight months in or roughly eight months in, has anything surprised you about the job? <laughs> yeah, lots of surprises. Um, what would I say? The spring was a wonderful surprise, I would say. You know, we bought our home in the middle of winter and didn't know much about our neighborhood, and we came back, and, hey, this is pretty great. Yeah. And uh, and so we've loved that. Um, the passion of the community has been huge. I was able to do a high school coaches clinic and, and spend some time with those guys, and the turnout was unbelievable. I'd never seen a high school coaches community so engaged in, in educating themselves. And, and, and now I know why so many great players come from this area. Um, 
I don't know the, the flights were uh, pleasantly short. Uh, I was excited about that. Yeah. Maybe 50, 60 flights later, I'm not quite as excited about the airport as I was, but <laughs> uh, it's allowed me to recruit the way that I've wanted to recruit for some time. Yeah, because you're in Seattle, you're kind of an outlier geographically there where if you're going to recruit Florida, that's a long flight. Still yeah. a long flight from here, but not long like you would be out there, right? Yeah, you talk about watching a kid play practice in Chicago and being home that night you know, and seeing your family for breakfast the next morning. I don't think people understand the scale of recruiting and where it's gotten to, particularly in our sport. You know, I'll be in airports and occasionally I'll bump into somebody in the terminal and I'll tell them what I do and they go, oh, is that full time? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. Coaching is a full time job. Yeah. And uh, but that's just the way things have gotten. The only way, the best way to show these athletes that you're interested is to be their courtside. And yeah. then that's been our strategy. Uh, let me quickly uh, mention a sponsor here of the podcast, and, and we'll get back to go for volleyball. Affinity Plus is your local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, you are eligible to join a financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide all across Minnesota. There's one just up the road from where we are right here, right off campus on University. You can learn more and find other ways to connect by going to this webpage, AffinityPlus.com. Org slash go gophers affinityplus.org slash go gophers affinity plus federal credit union federally insured by ncua and uh, uh now a longtime sponsor of our podcast uh, 83 episodes in we appreciate their support of gopher athletics um team identity um do you have it yet or is it a work in progress with uh, some of the new faces you're mixing in yeah <sighs> The, from a value standpoint, in progress, I would say, you know, you're, you've got a group of individuals, including the newcomers, where you're trying to find out what they're passionate about. They know each other well. They know what they need. From a volleyball standpoint, I don't know, serving, blocking, uh, speed of offense, those three things probably are, are hopefully going to be marquee skills for us. I asked you this uh, in the, the your first appearance on our podcast in terms of stylistically what um, might we see, and again, I don't understand all the the, the numbering system and, and all those things. But um, is it is it where you thought you might? Is it what you normally, without giving too much away? Maybe you want to you know hide some stuff too. But is it is it is a roster that can play the way you want to play? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had a chance to add some players who we think fit what we were trying to build, and um, I think that's one of the mistakes coaches make most often is trying to put players in, in roles that don't fit them. And, and thankfully, we've had enough time here to design the offense and a bit of the defense around the abilities of the players, which, which we're excited about. So without giving away too much, I suppose, what, what will fans see? What, what do you think uh, this Gopher team will look like? Yeah, I hope, they see, uh, I hope they see balance. I hope they see speed. I hope they see uh, attacking out of the front row and back row. I hope they see variability without without gimmicks. You know, I think some of those offenses that get overly complicated break down into big moments. But so hopefully they can they can see some of the nuance in in yeah the variability. But again, not not getting ahead of ourselves. The newcomers, you mentioned them. Let's start with um, if I can ask you about the uh, the transfers, and we'll start with Kylie Murr from Ohio State. You mentioned earlier you get four months with her, and I think we had a chance to chat with her, I guess a month or so ago, um, and she was very excited about that. She made it apparent that she's like, yeah, it's uh, it is this urgency, and she goes, I'm getting coached hard, and I love it. Um, she was defensive player of the year in the Big Ten. Fills a big need, right, for this roster. What uh, what have you seen from her? Yeah as good as advertised and better in some spaces that, that I didn't expect. You know, we are working together every day. And uh, I told her there's two ways we can get this wrong. One, I can ask you to do too much. That's too new. And, and, and you lose your identity of who you are. Or I cannot challenge you enough and just get what you already have, in which case it's not a good deal for you. So I think we've found that balance where we're, we're, we're asking her to do enough new things that she's growing, but not so much that it takes away from her identity that's already so well established. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, my first impression, I had not met her. I've seen her play uh, just in the interview session we had was that she, um, I think it looked Looks like she can be a fan favorite. Usually that position is a fan favorite anyway because they're diving and they're doing a lot of stuff. But yeah. it seems like her personality, at least in the, the short time we had with her, um, I think fans might gravitate to, to being able to cheer for her. Right? Yeah, I think we all will gravitate towards that. Yeah, um, <laughs> She's sincere. She's hardworking. She's ambitious. She's she's a good leader. She, she puts herself out there, sacrifices her body. She's dynamic. I mean, it, 
not not hard to see why she's done what she's done. Um, and then she had a previous relationship with Melanie Schaffmaster. They played um, youth, I think, and into AAU and those kind of things. Has yeah. that how has that helped with with maybe the transition that she knew somebody here and not just knew them, but it sounds like they're they're good friends. Yeah. Again, it feels like she's been here for a while, which she hasn't. You know, I think that relationship helps your setter and your libero or your first two touches often, and they obviously are thick as thieves and enjoy being around each other. So it's definitely sped up the process for getting her integrated into the team. You have a transfer from Loyola Marymount as well. I hope I hope I get her last name right. Phoebe Awalaye. Am I close? You know, I'm still working on it. Phoebe yeah. Awale, I think, is correct. Okay, very yeah, good. No, uh, yeah, I just say Phoebe. We've got a number of players who I'm uh, having a hard time with, uh, particularly was from outside the country. But. And, let, and, and I'll, let me jump in quick because I, I, have, I always joke about this because um, as a radio guy, I want to get the names right, and I, I read the phonetics, um, and a lot of people say, well, just go ask the coach how to say it. And I'm like, no, coaches do not know how to pronounce yeah. their players' names very much. And I'm not ac- accusing you of that, but for football especially, like it's 105 guys, and they think they know, and oftentimes it's not right. So we have now just gone to going right to the guy. Um, we've actually done where we'll have um, just say into your iPhone your name, record it, and send it to us, you know, and <laughs> then we have it right from the horse's mouth. Anyway, that was a little sidebar that I threw in, but Phoebe is uh, is doing well. Yeah, I'll tell you about volleyball coaches. We love one-syllable nicknames. Yeah. Remember, it's a game of very fast rallies, so if your name has more than one syllable, we're, n- we're not saying it, you know, so it's Phoebes, I think, most of the time. Good. But, uh, just dynamic physical presence. I mean, just an unbelievable blocker. Uh, and, and doing a nice job of fitting into our offensive system as well. So just an incredible maturity. You'll hear me say this, but th- all these players have played at least three full seasons. They've had their adversities. They've overcome them. They know themselves better on the back end. These aren't first or second year players. And so, and for some other case, for Phoebe, this is her third program. She knows how to join a program. She knows how to make two new teammates. She's open-minded about systems because she knows you just have to do that. So feeling really grateful and again i was excited about him when we signed him and i'm more excited about him after having him in the gym are there obvious um uh, ways they'll make impacts like in terms of their role i mean is it already do you think set or is it still that's a work in progress too? yeah that, certainly not lineups aren't set yet but just it's like the first question you ask is do these people belong in here and the answer is oh, no question yeah. they belong in this gym and uh both culturally and on the court and and so again all three of them just could not be more happy about what they're doing Three freshman newcomers as well, including uh, a new uh, player who just got here, right, from Turkey. Again, we, uh, we'll, we'll try to get this pronunciation correct. Zainab Palabic? Palabiak? Yeah, I think you're doing pretty good there. Palabiak. Zainab, yeah. Yeah, Zainab Palabiak. Palabiak. There we go. We got it. Um, so what do you know? Um, how did this come about, which is kind of cool? And she also can fill a need, it looks like, right? Yeah, yeah. Zainab um, name was passing through the recruiting circles. A number of institutions had known about her and talked about her. And we got turned on to her back in that time when we were looking for a Libro. And um, yeah, we, we sent Eric out on a flight to Istanbul uh, by himself and uh, to watch her play. And I think she got in the first game and then they didn't let her play after that and <laughs> said, Eric, thanks for making the flight. But he saw enough in 10 to 12 contacts that, that hey, this is someone who can be a long-term solution for us at this position. And, um, and, and just her enthusiasm stood out when we talked to her on the phone, just felt like someone who was going to contribute both off the court and on it. So. Yeah. And and obviously volleyball is an international game. Do you think it can be helpful um, just from uh, just to add that diversity to to a roster, someone that's from a different part of the world to to just dive into and share experiences with teammates and such? No question. You know, I had a player at Washington from from Russia, Maria Bogomolova, and and I don't think people understand the value of perspective. You know, the reason why I think transfers are having success, the reason why foreign players have success is they have a perspective for what they actually get here at the University of Minnesota. And there's an appreciation and uh, there's an understanding that it's not like this everywhere else. Uh, and so they don't waste time and they don't waste resources. And, um, you know, you you try and get your homegrown players, your American players perspective through things like foreign trips, the USA program, uh, because if they had that perspective, they wouldn't waste any days in terms of what they have in front of them. So I think that's what stood out with all these new players. Yeah, and some of them have experience. Some of them are new. Um, a couple of other newcomers who are new-new in terms of freshmen. I think both these players, though, did they get here in the spring semester or the summer? Yeah, in the winter, both right around January. Yeah, Yeah. so Sydney Schnickels, am I saying that right? Yep. Wilmer, Minnesota. Yep. Um, tell us about her. 
Yeah, it's a long drive out there. I learned that was my first long trip yeah. across the state. Uh, I, I love that, by the way, she's living with all foreign student athletes, which I think is the best thing is ever right? from someone yeah. on the edge of the state. But um, man, enthusiastic, long athlete, um, coachable, tremendous enthusiasm, staying after practice every day. Someone who, you know, again, you talk about local players that you that you want to recruit. She's one of them. So. Yeah. And then uh, Calissa Minity out of Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, 18, 19, going on 25, you know, just, uh, I think she had, my favorite story is on the first day of school, she sent an email to professor. She already had a footer before I had mine in place, you know, uh, but just unbelievable discipline for a young person, unbelievable thoroughness and, and easy to coach. And, um, again, I, I thanked, you know, I would thank you and on the previous coaches, I would have recruited these two players myself. And so really excited about them. Yeah. With young players and with this roster as deep as as it is, what um, what do you want their mindset to be? I mean, do you th- you know? I mean, I can see where from the outside as I'm looking at it, say, well, they'll probably have to bide some time. There's a talented group, or let's go in and see if you can win a spot. Yeah, I, I told them we're not walking in with any kind of mindset of redshirt or anything like that. We're, we're you come in and compete. We'll figure it out later on the back end. But come in and compete well. And, and then we'll talk about your role this year. And long-term, I think role clarity conversations, we'll have, be having those on Saturday. And here's your role. Here's how it can grow. Here's how it might shrink. And, and here's the path forward. And then we, off we go. Yeah. And that, uh, I suppose, is always the the balancing act. I know in basketball, um, Richard Patino, Ben Johnson, Tubby Smith, the guys I've worked with here, say the, one of the big challenges is playing time. Like, like to try to, um, you know, it's earned. PJ will always say, you know, it's not my decision, it's your decision on who plays, you know, at the end of the day, how you perform in practice and what your talent level is. Um, as a volleyball coach, is that, you know, when you have a talented group, how challenging will playing time be or does it fit in and, and you get comfy with it? Yeah, again, I think as long as you've got a vision for both the short and long term and that you, you comprise a roster responsibly and that you're not just jumping kids, you know, through the transfer portal where this path that you had for them, you know, is not sincere. I think I think that's the trick. And when athletes are improving, uh, when they're being taken care of, when they've got healthy relationships, they're not looking to leave, you know, uh, at the first drop. So it's more than just playing time. There's a lot of players who play a lot who are really unhappy. There's a lot of players who win a lot who are unhappy. And so can you create growth that they can see? Can you be with them on bad days? It, it, it's more, you know, people think kids are just looking for the door all the way. So that's not the case. They're looking for a quality experience in all phases of their life. That That's, uh, as you say, that's what uh, makes this a full-time job, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no doubt. Um, let me uh, mention one uh, quick sponsor, and I want to talk about um, some of the returning players as well, and we'll get into, uh, if we have time, expansion as well. I know you're headed for a, a podcast when you're done here to talk about conference expansion, um, but I want to talk about one of our sponsors first. I've been talking about them now. They're brand new to the Go Go for podcast this month. We've been talking about them a couple weeks. Head Flyer Brewing has partnered with us. We're incredibly proud to help tell their story. Now, they've been around since 2017. Um, we're going to talk about them here every week on the Go Go for Podcast. First thing I want to do is uh, tell you to mark your calendars for this Saturday, August 19th. Head Flyer Brewing is having a music festival, funk music, food trucks, and of course, their great craft beer. It's this Saturday, 2 to 10. Uh, they're right near campus, just a mile and a half from right here where we're at recording this podcast. If you've never been to Head Flyer Brewing, it's a great way to get introduced to their historic location in Northeast Minneapolis. Check out the incredible atmosphere. They have outdoor seating, big screen TVs, and close here to campus. They're also happy hours Tuesday and trivia nights Wednesday and Thursday. Take a flyer. It's Head Flyer Brewing. Go to headflyerbrewing.com for more info on this Saturday's big music festival and all kinds of other great info on the place, including the great beer they have on tap. Headflyerbrewing.com. Check them out. Take a flyer. Hi, Gopher fans. Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on lights. We switch TV channels. We switch on the TV. And with the new transfer portal, some college students even switch colleges, which can seem crazy to us diehard fans. But what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with State Farm. In fact, my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today. My team is ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood and show you it is, in fact, easy to switch and save. When you want the real deal, check us out at champlininsurance.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
It's episode 83. Keegan Cook, Gopher Volleyball Coach, joins us uh, here in our next segment. And we've talked about some of the newcomers. Um, and I don't want to go through the whole roster because we'd be here forever. And I, I hope uh, that people aren't offended that we left uh, some of their favorites off. But I think there are three uh, returners that we should hit on here a little bit. Um, I had on Gopher Talk, separate from this podcast, uh, McKenna Wooker on talking about her experience in, in uh, Team USA um, and how much she felt just having that experience, she said, even if it was just kind of subconsciously boosted her confidence a little bit, she's mm-hmm. like, you know, we all someday dream of either being on the Olympics or whatever. And this is maybe a mini step toward that. But she, she, I thought it was an interesting comment. She said, just even just to wear that uniform, it, it almost validated a little bit her as a player. Have you noticed, you know, how, how that might've impacted her and how, how has she been here this off season heading into this, this weekend and the season? Yeah impressed with who she came back after the summer I'll tell you that you know semester schools a new experience for me you say goodbye to the athletes for a number of months and you know that they're lifting and that they're playing on their own but but you don't know how much they're actually developing and if they remember the task list you left for them at the end of spring and, and she's someone who came back and from day one it was obvious that she didn't just play over the summer that that she had some intention and uh you know, I said, oh, well, we can take that off the list. You took care of that over the summer, and, and that's pretty rare. Um, yeah, overseas experiences, Calissa got to go, McKenna got to go. I obviously went. Taylor and Melanie spent time in the USA gym. Diverse experiences are, are really special, and Minnesota has the resources to allow them to take those trips, and they always come back better for it, for sure. Um, and then the other two who were on the, uh, I think, the preseason All-Big Ten look, we've already mentioned Shaftmaster. Um, it seemed, I mean, uh, I remember, was she like an eighth grader, maybe ninth grader when she committed? So mm-hmm. it it seems like she should be 30 years old, but yeah. um, she here she is uh, still with the Gophers, and I know you're thankful to have uh, a setter like that. Yeah, I make that joke with her a lot. She doesn't seem to like it. I, said, <laughs> I say, you guys are 18 to 22, in Mel's case, 26. Um, yeah. Just continues to learn. Her, her, and Kristen Kelsey are doing amazing work. Uh, I haven't been shy in saying that she was one of the best surprises about the University of Minnesota. You never know. You, you know, a setter is such a key position, and a head coach and a setter have to have a good relationship. And from the moment I got here, I felt great about about where she was at. And um, yeah, and I can see improvement, which is sometimes they don't want to do at the, at the end of their career. But she's nowhere near uh, done learning. And Taylor Landfair, of course, uh, all, all Big Ten, um, also a highly regarded recruit when she came here, uh, went through some injury issues. And now, um, you know, when she went through a full healthy season was a factor, no question about it. What, uh, how has her summer been and what, uh, what do you see from her? Yeah, uh, responsibility is, is going up for her. You know, um, she was really good within her role. We're asking her to do more, which is good for her and her future and I think what I said recently is the greatest gift an athlete can give you is allowing you to coach them. And, and certainly when players have accomplished a lot and then they have more to risk, it's an even greater statement of, of trust when they do that. And so Taylor's willingness to allow me to coach her and to give her new responsibilities and, and new techniques is a, is a testament to her maturity at this point in her career. They both came in, as did Wooker, uh, highly regarded, I think maybe uh, you know number one or two at their positions when they came in. Uh, both have, have I would say that um, growing though, like like they have, like like Taylor has gone through. Like I said, she had some injuries, but they're now. It's kind of cool to see because sometimes you see number one recruit comes in and they're good from the start, and then they just kind of stay at that level. But these guys. They, they went through some adversities and what have you early, and now they're, you know, it's fun to see the, even a highly recruited player make progress, right? Yeah. I, I always tell them how boring of a story would it be. It was, hey, I came in, I was really good. I went through my four years and I graduated and that was it. I mean, that's not a story anybody wants <laughs> to be a part of. And, um, you know, there's days when you've got physical limitations and emotional limitations. And, and, and on the other side of it is the player that you aspire to be. And so... I, I, all of them, every player, we don't tell those stories in certain spaces. You know, um, there's a lot of lonely work being done. And I wish our sport was a little better about telling the stories uh, for the young people so they can know, hey, they're just like you. At times they lack confidence. At times they have conflict. At times, you know, they, they, they plateau and they need to push through it. All, it's the only guarantee in this experience is that you're going to face those those moments. And how you respond 
is going to be the best part of your story. And then the key we mentioned, I mean, there's other newcomers. And again, we, we uh, you know, the, the clock on the wall won't allow us to get to all of them. But it's a very talented roster. We've talked about the newcomers, talked about some of these returners. And I suppose now the key for you and your staff is to continue to get them to gel um, and mix and hit that peak at some point um, so that you're uh, off and running, right? Yeah. You're trying to balance Hey, we got to be short-term good with a with a long-term mindset, you know. And so, there's been times when we say, "Hey, I like what we're doing for December, but I don't love it for August." You know, we we need to have some certain fundamentals in place that we that we don't drop matches unnecessarily as we build towards towards December. So that's kind of been our, our a lot of our conversation lately. When you were on with us the first time, you mentioned your staff, your coaching staff. You um, you got everybody you wanted, and I know you've even had uh, some slight change since then in terms of where you can uh, assign people duties and such. So, um, how has the staff developed here? And, and uh, tell us about the progress and the the chemistry that has been built amongst the coaching staff. Yeah. Oh man, what I think. First of all, there's a group of coaches that uh, they kind of said, "Hey, we'd really like to keep these people." which I was smart enough to say, all right, do not touch any parts of the staff. You know, our technical coordinator, our director of ops, our trainer, our strength coach, the amount of work they do that I never know about is fantastic. And and um, things were in place from, from Hugh and the administration, which I'm extremely thankful for. The new coaches that we've added uh, have really found their stride. Kristen Kelsey and I have, have been on the recruiting trail together all spring and had some success there. Eric and Kylan have been taking care of the athletes, did a tremendous job over the summer with our summer camps and, and are, are showing up here in the gym big. So, um, yeah, people that I wanted and, and they're developing and, and we're on the same page. And, and so I like like where we're at couple of quick storylines as well we want to hit on before we uh, wrap up our episode 83. But first, time for our final sponsor mention now. Gopher fans, you've heard me talking about Caldera Lab now for a few weeks, one of our newest Go Gopher podcast sponsors. Like many of our listeners, I was curious what Caldera Lab was all about. Well, they're a leader in men's skin care, made with top-tier ingredients and proven clinical trials. I started using the Regimen, three products to help create healthier skin around my eyes, on my face, and around my neck. And so far, it's working. And it's not too late for you guys to join the party here. I started at the start of this month and have noticed my skin looks better, feels smoother, and is definitely softer. Now, you can go ahead and get going as well. Don't waste another day. You can go to calderalab.com and help become one of 94% of the users, including me, who showed an overall younger appearance for using the Caldera Lab products for just those few weeks. And for Go Go for Podcast listeners right now, you save 20% off your order by using the promo code GOLD, G-O-L-D. That's GOLD, G-O-L-D. 20% off at calderalab.com, promo code GOLD. Make unforgettable first impressions that lead to those charming words, you look younger. calderalab.com, promo code Gold. Conference expansion, we knew, I think, when we talked the first time USC and UCLA would, would be coming to the Big Ten. We talked in that podcast about, is there a Pac-12 style of play? Will you be bringing that into the Big Ten? Does it differ from the Big Ten? And you had some interesting thoughts on that. Now, all of a sudden, uh, your former school, Washington, is becoming a, uh, will be coming in, and you'll have them as a conference opponent along with Oregon. Um, we know the Pac-12 is a good league. Those are four really good programs out of that league. I remember a Sweet 16 matchup at the PAV that Oregon, there was one, I forget, Game 4 was like 42 to 40 um, in, in a Sweet 16 game at the PAV, and um, and, and Oregon beat Minnesota that, that day in the tournament a few years ago. So these are good. Uh, the Big Ten, which has been tough, um, gets tougher. Yeah. 18 teams. <laughs> 18 teams. Uh Best volleyball conference in the country now, with, without any question. It was already there, and now it's just cemented for, for, for a long time. I mean, talk about four institutions that fit across all their sports, from football to volleyball. Um, excited for them. Uh, you know, kind of thought maybe it could be a potential, but with alignment, you never know. Volleyball coaches aren't the first to find out usually, but just uh, welcomed them both, thrilled to go somewhere where I actually know how to get around yeah. uh, and where I'll be the expert for a change location-wise. But um, happy for those institutions, particularly Washington. I wanted good things for them. I think they're a great fit and excited to, to go back to Seattle. You're a wet, you grew up on the West Coast. Is there some sadness, though, that that league has now kind of crumbled the Pac-12 and... As we knew it growing up, it's um, 
you know, it, it may by name still hang around somehow, but um, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on that side of the story? Yeah, it's been mixed emotions from the beginning. I think people, you know, I think about the, the work that I did in the conference office with the people there and, and, and how much I respect them for the work that we were doing to grow the game. Um, players and players and staff uh, stories and, and um, yeah, you, I think you try and not be too nostalgic or, or too, um, you try and be an optimist w- w- with how things are changing in college sports, but it's okay. It's okay to have a little bit of, I don't know, grief or mourning before you venture off into a new adventure, I think. Um, it was, you know, I think these moves are mostly driven by football, which is where, you know, a, a good um, amount of the money that funds the whole machine of college athletics comes. Um, and in football, it's a little different because there's five road trips a year and, it's, you know, one a week. Um, I mean, if it, if it is a road trip, it's just one in a week. Some weeks you won't have a road trip. You'll be hosting. Um, however, uh, in some of these other sports, uh, there's going to be travel. I'm thinking... Think about if you were still at Washington and you have a match against Rutgers. That's a long ways to go to play a volleyball match. Um, is are, are you are you concerned um, about the well being of a student athlete? I know some some have thought that you know how how might that help or hurt the experience yeah. of a student athlete? Yeah, I'm always concerned about the well being of the student <laughs> athlete. First of all, uh, I think you're not. You don't just have your hands tied with your schedule. You can balance out the long conference schedule with a preseason schedule that's less daunting. You know, when I was at Washington, we would travel long distances. We played at Illinois. We played at Iowa. We played at Arkansas. We would take those long trips in the non-conference because we didn't have them in the conference. So you have some tools at your disposal. Um, You know, a a lot of these other sports, I hear a lot about softball and baseball. Some of the softball teams are traveling down to the Caribbean to play preseason tournaments because the weather's not great in the north. So I think let's get into it. Let's find out. The athletes won't be shy about telling us where we're falling short and what the best practices are. But let's not just enter it with, with doom and gloom. Let's go for it. Let's make adjustments as needed and, and, and find the solutions that will make it work. I, I, that's more of my mindset. I, I don't believe it's an impossible task. Yeah, and it does, um, I think, offer new experiences. At the end of the day, wh- whether you win a match, lose a match, um, maybe there's a player that's never been to New York City. You go to Rutgers and you can make something up. Because my guess is there's going to be some travel partners or something here like – UCLA is not going to fly to Rutgers, play one match and fly back. I'm guessing that Penn State or Maryland or somehow there's going to get, you know, you'll get two matches out of that. I think even the Big Ten does some of that with volleyball already. Yeah. Um, but there are some opportunities for to to show uh, athletes, whether it's volleyball, as you mentioned, softball, some uh, some places of the country. I, you know, my feeling on perspective and travel and, and the value that it has in your life, should you be so fortunate to have it? Uh, yeah. And some of these players have big aspirations at these institutions. They want to play, you know, professional volleyball internationally. They want to play for the national team. I've got news for you. You'll be taking a lot longer flights yeah. when you go to Poland to play. And the next week you're in, you know, Thailand to play. So, you know, if you have those aspirations, this is going to be an opportunity to develop some skills. Traveling is a skill as an athlete and, and you get a chance to develop it. Yeah. Last couple for you. You mentioned early uh, when I asked if there were any surprises, you said the spring was good after that winter um, and that you uh, are in a new house and you can share with what you want. I don't, you know, I don't want to get too personal, but how is the, how is the family um, uh, now in, in either enjoying or not, or how, how the transition has been? Uh, Oliver, we is just about almost two now. uh, Yeah. And, and your wife, Sarah, they're, you're all settled and, 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 based now right? yeah yeah we're, we're we're settled you know we're um just outside uh one of the lakes where we get to walk around with with the dog and and uh and oliver in the stroller and that's how we start our mornings and the day-to-day you don't get those many that many moments you know to to be with your family and coaching and so what's your commute look like uh how quickly can your family be on campus uh those things matter in, in a job that is only becoming more demanding uh, you know, those things matter. And then Minnesota has given us an opportunity to to be a little more balanced in that space. Yeah, I think um, when we talked with, um, when we had that little media dad around a month, it seems like a month ago, maybe it was six weeks ago, I think Oliver was there, right? I think. And so um, it is kind of cool that they can pop in and say hi, right? Yeah, it, it, it's a lifestyle job. And, and he's going to be a, a gopher for a good while now. We, we're going <laughs> shopping t- tomorrow, I think, to get him some gear for Friday's game. And, uh, you know, two days ago, he's in the gym with the team playing catch and rolling around. And 
how great of it. We don't get to have the quantity of time with our family that we want. We certainly can have some pretty quality experiences, and, and I learned that from from the former coach, Kathy George, at, at Michigan State. And uh, and so, yeah, we're, we're thrilled, thrilled to be here. You and I were talking before we came on the air here that you uh, watched football practice. Was it yesterday? Yeah, it's two days ago. Two yeah. days ago. So what was your impression of Golden Gopher football practice with P.J. Fleck? Uh, highly functioning uh, organization. Uh, tempo stood out to me. Uh, the quantity of people and, and that they knew they knew what was going on, uh, and then just his attention to detail. You know, the fact that he would come greet me during practice in that space, as well as a number of other people who were there, just so impressed. You know, and came back talking to my team about it. You know, how could you not? And I think he stopped practice one time because they, the program didn't communicate at the level they need to, and and he made him redo it. And I thought, man, that's the exact message that you need to be communicating in early season is communication matters and, and we're going to get this right from the very beginning. So loved, loved my first experience out there. You um, obviously seasons coincide, so I don't know how much time you'll get to spend with each other because in season is so much, but is there, uh, can football play a role in volleyball recruiting? Can you bring athletes, even if it's in season high schoolers into campus and bring them to a game and get them to know, you know, maybe you're home that weekend. Yeah, it's certainly a part of it. I mean, Big-time college football is attractive to, to student-athletes. That kind of tradition within the Midwest especially, you know, has a ton of value. So we, we'll get to go to the first game. We'll get to see them uh, take care of uh, the Huskers uh, yeah. at home. So we're looking forward to that. We don't get to go to as many games as we want, but but they're always special when we get yeah. to be part of it. Well, very good. Friday, it's a free scrimmage, Northern Iowa and Minnesota, and then the real season gets going next weekend. And uh, before you know it, we'll be uh, talking Big Ten season. Before you know it, it'll be tournament. And um, here we are. Here we go. Go Gophers. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Thank you. All right, he's Keegan Cook, the head coach of Gopher Volleyball. It's episode 83. I hope you enjoyed my visit with Golden Gopher Volleyball coach Keegan Cook. So impressive. Such a good guy. I can't wait for the season to start. For all the details on the season and the schedule and tickets, you can go to gophersports.com. This has been episode number 83. We're presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash Go Gophers. That's affinityplus.org slash Go Gophers. Cub has joined us as one of our primary sponsors as well in the Go Gopher podcast. Cub is the official grocer of the Gophers. We're thrilled to have them signed up, a great company with great people, and of course, stores all over the state. Go to cub.com to find out all of this week's specials at Cub. Also, welcome aboard to new sponsors Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis, just a mile and a half from the stadium. Stop in for great tasting craft beer tonight. Also, don't forget to use the code word GOLD, G-O-L-D, when you join me in ordering great men's skincare products at calderalab.com. Proud to have them with us on the Go Gopher podcast, calderalab.com, code word GOLD for 20% off. We're also sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and please be sure to click that subscribe button right now for the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to listen at any time. And please share that link to the podcast with others so they can listen for free as well. We'll talk again next week.